Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Hey, everybody. If you know us, you know we're big fans of Karyuma. They make cool, eco-friendly shoes that we basically wear 24-7. And we're excited to be releasing our second collaboration with them, Karyuma and Love It or Leave It. There's just something about fall that makes you want to get new shoes. So why not get ones made with organic cotton canvas, natural rubber, cork, and recycled plastics? It doesn't hurt that they have tiny surfing dogs on them either. They come in pink and black and feature a whimsical scene that'll absolutely put some pep in your step. Plus, Karyuma plants two trees in the Brazilian rainforest for every pair purchased. Run, don't walk, but not until you get a pair of shoes at crooked.com slash store. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ruined. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. This is a podcast. We ruin a horror movie just for you. Just for all of you. Allison, how are you doing? Oh, boy. Uh, Beat you to the punch. All right. Well, good. I'm good. Oh. Because. Hell yeah. The WGA struck a tentative deal with the AMPTP. We are, you know, I I have a lot of confidence that it is a good deal. We will ratify it, and we will start the process of people starting to go back to work. It's still a long road because SAG still has to get back Mm -hmm. to work, and I don't know how long that takes, but it just feels like this huge both, like, relief, like, you know, personally, like, okay, we're going to, like, I'm going to be able to work again sometime in the near future. But also just kind of, like, existentially of, Absolutely. like, yeah. the fact that, like, solidarity works, that mm-hmm. unions can protect people, and that, like, actual, like, working together in numbers and standing up to these absolute assholes who run the nine corporations that are in charge of all of culture. Like, yeah. it works, and and it's important to do it, and there are a lot of other unions that have negotiations in the next year or two that, like, I hope that the WGA and SAG can stand up for because they were really, the Animation Guild, exactly. the Teamsters, IATSE, like, they all, you know, it's, we all deserve a fair deal. And it's just, like, exciting that, like, it can be done. We did it. So, like, yeah, let's get everybody a fair deal. It just feels, like, great. Yeah, it's very hopeful. I agree. It, living in L.A., there's sort of this intense yeah. ambient depression. And even yes. as someone who is working, it's like, first of all, I feel terrible for everyone you know, you know, who's on strike and, like, has to worry yeah. and everything. And also just, like, it affects every other industry. You know, it affects restaurants. It affects every everything, you know, because it's, Hairdressers, like— Hairdressers, taxis. To like, have, like, yeah, thousands of people on strike affects the economy in all these reverberating ways— and I agree. I think we're entering a time where, like, labor action is going to become this very powerful tool. And I, I don't know. I think I've always, I you know, even my first job, I worked at Barnard College. I was an office assistant. I was um, I was in the union because they had already unionized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like, you know, I've only been, and now at Crooked, obviously, we have a union. So it's like I've, I've only been from unions and experiencing the process of uh people having solidarity mm-hmm. and also like I, I, honest to god i don't know what they expect us to do other than this you know what i mean or it's like it has to be 
around labor. I, you know, I mean, yes. the entertainment industry it has a it, it is infused with a pornographic amount of money. Yes. So to then say the people who make us that money, like we should be able to have an AI do your job, it's like right. No. I don't know what you think people are going to do. And, and this is right. true of every industry. Like, I'm sure AI and, and other these same issues are affecting a lot of different industries. 100%. So, what, you know, what can we do but push back against them? And, yeah, it's a huge relief. And I hope that they figure out that they have to resolve SAG, too. And someone told me that SAG is asking for the most. And I will say, I'm like, well, that is, I, I think, in response to how difficult it is to be an actor. And, like, most people can't, like, it's getting it, harder and harder. And it's yeah. getting more and more kind of, like, you're either, like, you're Jennifer Lawrence or you're, like, mm-hmm. not working. Those are kind of, like, the situations that a lot of people, like, and, and writing is the same, but I think in acting, it's, like, even more stratified yes. because, like, there's also people who are, like, slipping into acting from other avenues now and making a lot of money, which, like, is fine, but. And also just nepotism. You know what I mean? Like, I I mean, I'm sure there, there's obviously nepotism in writing, but, like, the nepotism in acting, it's like, yeah, if you don't work for nine months, who could do that? Like, most people, it's like, I, you, it's not even that you just can't um, get other work. I mean, sometimes you can't, but it's like, how do you live in L.A.? Right. You know, it's like, how do you live in New York? It, it's in a, a huge hurdle for people to cross. Huge hurdle for people who are excellent at what they do and should be able to do their job because it is a yes. real job. Yes. You right. know. And just even to be just, like, work to feel like you're part of the middle class in yeah. acting or writing or kind of, like, anything in entertainment feels so difficult now because that's so not a thing. And we all need—everybody should be comfortable. Um, so yeah. it's exciting. It's exciting that it feels like maybe things are starting to make moves. Um, and I also just want to say, I just got back from Toronto when we are recording this. Um, and thank you to all of the amazing Ruined fans who came out to my shows in Toronto. And I chatted with a lot of you outside. And it was, like, so, so nice and fun. I had no idea. I feel like we have to go to Toronto now. I'm in. Count me um, in. Because I, I, it felt like, to me, there was, like, someone from Ruined at every show I did, if not a handful of people. And also, Toronto fucking rocks. Um, the food is great. The shopping is unbelievable. Oh, um, Okay. Yes, so I had a great time, and and just thank you to all the uh, people who came out for that because that was really exciting for me seeing you guys. I will say I was like, wow, I haven't been to Toronto. I guess I went once in my for my eighth grade school trip, and we went to the spaghetti factory, which I was pretty excited about. But I'm oh. sure there are other things there. Yeah, I went to the aquarium. I got a little stoned and went to the aquarium one morning so that I wouldn't go shopping anymore. <laughs> it was great. We really appreciate you guys coming out. It means yeah. a lot to us. And um, yeah, so yeah, and it just tells me that we, you know, as we start figuring out what it looks like for us to be in person doing shows live, you know, where do we go? And that's yeah, I w- we would obviously love to do more of that in the coming year. And yeah. I've not been on stage in a long time. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, what have I been up to? I've just been working. I feel like, um, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to like plan ahead for a spooky season. So Mm -hmm. I just bought tickets to a a drag king brunch that is Adam's Valley Values versus Hocus Pocus. Oh my God. Um, so I'm just trying to like rack up, like schedule out my October. Mm -hmm. Um, you're going to have a busy month. Yeah, I feel like last year I was just so busy I didn't end up doing much. So I'm trying to look forward, look ahead uh, into the into the coming months. Other than that, Allison, I don't know. I've just been working. I, I have nothing. I have only the films that flicker before my unblinking mm. eyes. <laughs> and then labor. And that is, oh, God, sorry. I have to wake up. This is a dream. <laughs> what if it turns out I've been asleep this entire time? 
I would be impressed with how salient all your points have been. <laughs> um, oh, good. Thank you. All right. Well, we are, of course, doing Let's Scare Allison to Death month. And I mean, that's every month for us, obviously. But yeah, we but wanted this one feels to feel so pointed. Yeah, we wanted to. I literally wanted to something that I thought would get under Allison's skin. And this mm. week we are doing a movie. It's almost unbelievable that we have not done yet. And that, of yeah. course, is 1968's Night of the Living Dead. Finally. And this is, I'll be honest, I had not seen this. And I've talked about this on the podcast. I have a. Uh, a problem, not a problem, a, a fixation on, there's certain films, classic horror films, that I always want to like wait till the exact right time to watch because mm, then I'll mm-hmm. have seen it. But yes. then that does not exist. So right. then I just don't watch them. So this was great. I really wanted to see it. A- anyways, obviously. And this is, of course, an iconic. It's George A. Romero. We had already done The Crazies. Mm-hmm. And this was, of course, a, uh, as, as people would say, I'd say, a Lady Gaga, a real cultural reset. Yes. If you will. I mean, this movie for me is such a title that I know mm-hmm. that is, like, part of culture. And kind of, like, what all I really know about it, though, is, like, the title and the font. And then, yes. like, just kind of zombie people kind of lurching toward camera. And, then like, that's all I know. And I'm like, I need the context. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, I guess I could guess the context, but— I mean, watching it now, it is an excellent movie. Like, it is a stylish, like, it is obviously independent, low budget, but, like, every shot, it, it, like, is imbued with style. The soundtrack is perfect. The acting is excellent. And I think really did and obviously still does set the bar for, like, a low-budget independent film. And obviously, we've done other George A. Romero movies. We did The Crazies. We did Creep Show. We did Monkey Shines. Mm, mm-hmm. I think that's the only one so far. But of course, we will continue to uh, do more uh, Living Dead uh, movies in the franchise. I-, I-, I feel like you all know this listening. A phenomenal film. Are there a bunch of them? Um, yeah. How many are there? I'm not actually sure how many he directed because I'm sure they also. Um... Hang on. Where's his filmography? People love it listening to me go on Wikipedia, right? I love it. it that, this is my ASMR. Okay, good. Boo do 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 do. Okay, we've got <laughs> so Night of the Living Dead, obviously, um, and then we have Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, uh, Night of the Living Dead uh, that he wrote from 1990 but did not direct, mm-hmm. Land of the Dead, Die of the Dead, Survival of the Dead. Um, and of course you did the crazies, which you've done, um, from yes. 1973. And then there was a crazies remake, remake in 2010. Remix. <laughs> Remix. Remix. Um, but it's, I don't know. I, I just feel like watching this movie, again, I don't want to like harp on any particular IP reboots, but I just feel like this past couple years has been a lesson in just fucking artless, glossy, Yes. Humorless, styleless, boring, like synthetic, target, boring, fucking IP driven movies. And this is a great movie. It's like, it is not reinventing the wheel. This is a, there were zombie movies before this movie. There were zombie movies after. It is just a perfect version of a zombie movie made like for pennies on the dollar. And you just, I, I just hope after the strike is over that there is an explosion of independent I film. I so too. Because that's what people fucking want. I know, like not everything can be the goddamn Super Mario Brothers and we've talked about this and I know I'm pedantic no about one, it. No one is losing their mind over like 
bad IP. Like, look, Barbie was a big thing, but like, mm. aside from that, that, but that's a different thing. But like, no one is like, oh my god, Super Mario Brothers. Oh my god, the yeah. ninth installation of this whatever of this Star Wars thing is so amazing. Yeah. But like, you do hear hear people be like, holy crap, past lives was so good, you know, or what? That's not necessarily an indie, but like, yeah, something new. Yeah, something that feel again feels human, and yeah, obviously horror being the genre we're talking about. But yeah, like I mean, like people want rom coms, people want family dramas, like people want actual human stories. stories. And in this case, some of the humans are, of course, the living dead. <sighs> now, of course, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer for the film. Allison, what did you think of the trailer for Night of the Living Dead? Okay, well, the trailer that I watched was for the— no, it was the right tra- It was the right movie. <laughs> it's fine. It's honestly fine if it wasn't. You know that. <laughs> I mean, it almost makes it more fun. No, it was for the, like, 4K, like, re-digitization— like, whatever that means. Like, it, they, like, took the original film negatives and just, like, made it so it was, like, very clear. and So, like, it was just even scarier because it felt— Modern, hell yeah, but also old. I don't know. I was like, wait, this is incredible and scary, but just like, yeah, very simple. Just like, well, those dead people, they're not dead. Yeah, and I think this speaks to one of my favorite um, kinds of movies, which is horror movies, which is that it is unrelenting. We find yes. ourselves just regular people trying to survive in a horrific situation. They only have the information they can get from the radio, and it's just on them to oh God. make it through. And, of course, you know me and Allison, we, of course, would have our brains devoured within— Instantly. —seconds of seeing yeah. a zombie. It's, our, our brains would be in that zombie's mouth. I feel like the zombies might look at us and be like, there's nothing up there. Not even <laughs> worth it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Empty calories, these bitches. Um, we also take like take a baseline scary— now, how scary, Elsa, do you find the concept of the living dead? Very scary. The scene in the trailer that, like, I was like, oh, no, um, is, like, a woman kind of stumbles across a dead body, and then, and his eyes are open, and then they move. And yeah, it's like, you better that, believe that's a lot that's happened in this movie. That's so scary. <laughs> it's so scary. Yeah, I a, don't like it. Even though yeah. I don't believe in zombies as a real thing in our world. But, like, there is just something... Super off-putting about, like, the line between living and dead being blurred. Yeah, there is something. It's like, obviously, death is supposed to be final. So to see them back at it for a second round is, it's tough to stomach. Um, And then would you like to guess the twist in Night of the Living Dead, Allison? Guess the twist. I'm gonna. I, my guess is there's not like a real big twist, right? Well, not as such. No, I yeah. wouldn't say there's a twist. No. Um, you want to guess something that happens, maybe? Yeah, I'm gonna guess that the last standing zombie was our like our main character becomes a zombie at the end. Great. Okay. Or Excellent. like one of our main characters that we're following is like the final thing is like, and they're a zombie now. Excellent. Excellent guess. All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> Let's begin. Ruining Night of the Living Dead. This film is, of course, in black and white. So picture oh. it in your mind, dear listener. And we see a, a lonely country road and a car speeding towards us. And even in this, like, long shot of a car coming up a country road, that already has most artistry than most horror movies right now. Yes. I'm sorry. Like, give us a moment. Like, let us take it in. And, of course, the the music is already ominous and full of dread. So it's like, even just seeing a car, he's already setting the tone of, like, whatever you see, 
it's going to be terrifying. So you have to then be constantly scanning um, the screen, which, uh, again, another thing, to, excellent thing to set up for your horror movie. Allison, you're going to hate this. We see the car turn into a cemetery. Oh, boy. It's like... We're starting with a mistake. You gotta go to the cemetery. Unfortunately, that's where most of the dead are, at least at this time. Well, I, I would imagine. And over the cemetery, we of course see an American flag. Oh, good. The car stops and we meet brother and sister Barbara and Johnny. And also, everyone's name is Barbara and Johnny, basically. <laughs> like, So it's like the most, like, what is a, a human man's name? Johnny. Yes. You know what I well, mean? Also, I feel like in the 60s, there were yes. like... 12 names yeah, that what? every character, yeah. that every person, like, obviously there were lots of names and there's lots, like, that's, like, reductive. But, like, I feel like I yeah. watch a movie, I read a book, I read something about that time. Everybody has, like, the same 12 names. Yeah, a lot of Toms, a lot of, a lot yeah. of Bens, a lot of Marys, yeah. Um, and they are there at the cemetery to visit their father's grave. I wanted to ask you, Allison, how do you want your body disposed of when you die? Have you thought about this? Oh, blasted off in a firework. <laughs> Wait, where, okay, so where is the firework being launched from? Like a boat? <laughs> I mean, that's ideal since I'm a boat person. No, in reality, oh. I would like to be uh, cremated, I think. I mean, I would like to do like whatever the greenest version of burying yes. somebody is, but yeah. I don't know what that, like with climate change, be like, I know. I don't know where you do that and Maybe not have your Maybe they could use their bodies to be, build a dam or something. Yeah, I, I want to be. I want to be helpful. Like I'm exactly. down for like, if I have anything useful in my body, you can take it. Um, and then just kind of use me for something good or dispose of me in a way that's not going to make the earth worse. Those are the things I yes. would like. Um, uh, that, I, that makes sense. I'll likely just be cremated. I don't know. I'll probably like die in a climate change emergency. So there won't be <laughs> any burying. <laughs> there won't be any burying. When for the us. water rises over the wheels of my car and I can't <laughs> drive out of Los Angeles during a hurricane, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, yeah, where we're all going to end up being buried is sort of moot. And unfortunately, yeah. like wherever I, you were when the climate problem near uh, you happened. And there's a lot of places I like I remember, you know, Hurricane Katrina where it's like a lot of places yeah. like that will if people are being physically buried like their bodies that will become an issue as well. Yes, and probably exactly. already is. I I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, it definitely already is. Also, when you said firework for some reason, I thought like you know how sometimes people like light fireworks off like on a boat at their wedding. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, it was Taylor Swift and this new guy, Travis Kelsey's yes. wedding. Kelsey. Kelsey. I don't know. I'm sorry. If you're a listener, you have to give up the ghost on her being queer. It's not happening, guys. It's whether maybe she's even if she closeted. is, she's not gonna. Come it's out. it's just never gonna happen, right? Yeah. So we gotta kind of we gotta hang up our hat and move yeah. on. See what different um, men she's gonna date. Right. Exactly. Handsome men. Men. I yeah. hope. Are okay. I, I whenever I see a football player, I of course think of CTE. So I think like yeah, caregiving later life. I you know, you, but they have money. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah. I hope they're okay. But um, so anyways, back to the movie. Sorry, <laughs> Barbara mentions several times it's daylight savings time, which is very funny because I kept being like, oh, it's gonna come back later. It doesn't. <laughs> And they're both like, oh, like, you know, Johnny says, I lost an hour of sleep. We had to drive out here. And we find out they're basically three hours outside Pittsburgh. And they're okay. there to put wow. a flowers on their father's grave, which you do once a year because their mother asked them to. She's too old to make the trip. Okay. But, uh, and Johnny's like, oh my God, it's six hours round trip. Just come out here to the cemetery. And Barbara says, shut up. <laughs> I had to yeah. listen to you for three hours. We can't do something nice for the poor bastard. He's dead. You know? Right. So she gets out and starts looking for their father's grave. 
And before he opens his door, Johnny goes to shut the car off and he hears the radio cut back in and say, we're sorry about that. We're back on. After, it was some sort of technical problem, but it wasn't, it, it looks like it affected other stations. But he's like, oh, that's weird. Shuts off the car, follows Barbara as they look for their papa's grave. Oh, boy. It's Sunday like at There was some grave. good information coming after that, I bet. Yeah, you got to listen to the radio. And people don't listen to the radio anymore, Allison. No, no just podcasts, which thank you. Um. Thank you for listening. Uh, we would obviously let you know if, if the zombie apocalypse, it just would, this wouldn't be released probably. if they Yeah, were. if it happens while we're recording, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they're, of course, bickering like siblings do. And um, Barbara's like, God, Johnny, I swear you complained just to hear yourself think. They finally arrive at the grave, and Barbara gets down on her knees to pray. And Johnny's sort of complaining about that, too. And he looks up, and, and the cemetery's empty, except for them. And he sees a man in a suit at the other end of the cemetery. I don't want to see someone at the cemetery. And you hate to see even worse, Alvin. He's slowly walking towards them. No, no, no. Nothing. If somebody was sprinting at me, I'd be less scared than if someone was slowly walking towards me. I don't know. If somebody sprints at you through a cemetery? I would imagine that they there's a chance that they have like an emergency thing yes. that they need help with. That's or your like, point. Oh my God, this happened. Or, oh my God, we have to get out of here. This is coming. Like, Someone slowly marching toward you is, like, oh, only yeah. bad. No one's going to slowly walk toward you and be like, you know, there's a sale on couches nearby. Like, it's not going to be, <laughs> like, it's going to be something you bad. You guys come here often? Hey, you kids ever see The Matrix? Like, it, and, every, of course, every time uh, Johnny looks up, we see the man shuffling closer and closer. No. But again, they're in a cemetery. He's got a suit. Maybe he's probably doing the same thing they are, they're doing. So again, it doesn't send out the red flags. It does for us. <laughs> the viewer. The eyes. Their eyes and ears. Johnny reminds Barbara of when they were kids. And he's like, oh, remember we'd come here when Grandpa died. And I'd hide behind the tree. And I'd leap out and scare you. And he'd say, they're coming to get you, Barbara. And he keeps doing that and like getting closer. Rude. And she's like, please stop. You're acting like a child. We are trying to pay respects to our dead father. And he's still doing a bit. And Johnny points at the guy who's getting closer and says, there's one of them now, Barbara. Don't they're do that. They're coming to get you. And as a joke, he sort of like runs away, like hands flailing, like, he's coming. And Barbara tries to like walk past the guy, sort of like apologetically, it's like, sorry. The man lunges at her and grabs her around the neck. What the hell? Johnny's annoying, but he's a good brother at the end. And he hauls the guy off of her and the man gets Johnny on the ground and kills him. What? Before turning his living dead sights on Barbara. Okay, so he's living dead. He's living dead, baby. And we can see, as soon as we see his face, it's like blank stare, open jaw, you know, like tattered suit coming towards Barbara. I think it's almost scarier to to see this version of zombies than like the modern version where they're like, like when they're really like heavily made up in prosthetics and like almost looking like alien or inhuman because they're so, like they're so dead, which like I guess would happen if you were like an old body that comes back to life. But like, there's something super chilling about it just being someone who looks like they might be alive. Right, like this guy looks like he died a day ago. Like he, you couldn't, right, exactly. If this guy was rotted, you could tell further away something's wrong. Yeah. This guy just looks like some guy slowly walking through the um, cemetery. Barbara, who's wearing a trench coat and has uh, is a blonde, looks fabulous. I mean, runs and we get one of the most iconic slip and falls. Falls out of her shoe, 
and goes, oh, and her little shoe falls off in the grass and she, we see her look back horrified. Fortunately, Barbara makes it back to the car. Unfortunately, Johnny must have the keys in his pocket. Oh, no. So the doors are unlocked, thankfully. So she's able to get in, which even then, like, that's no, that would not be true now. Like, you no. would just be locked out of your car. No, your car is like, I don't recognize your face. And it's like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the car just explodes. Um, <laughs> she's able to get inside, lock the doors. Allison, the living dead guy, starts clawing at the windows. No. And then in an even worse development, he turns and picks up a huge rock. And he smashes in the window. The living no. dead know about rocks, Allison. No, and glass breaking. That's they know not about fair. implements. I agree. <gasps> That's bad. Not good. Fortunately for Barbara, she's quick thinking, and they parked on a hill. So she releases the parking brake, and the car starts to roll down the hill. And luckily, she picks up enough speed so she gets some distance between the living dead guy. But then also, she doesn't have a, a ton of control. So she ends up slamming into the, a, tree, the, a tree, essentially like blowing out her headlight, and the car comes to a stop. Um, and she has to get out and barefoot sprint through fields as the living dead guy chases her. Because oh he's God. not running full sprint. He's not like 28 days later. Right, but right, he's right, right, not right. slow. Like, no. he's like walking pretty fast. So she's able to keep distance in front of her or Oof. between them. But but he's gaining ground still. In the distance, she sees a big white farmhouse, and she runs to it. She's frantically pounding on the door. Finally, she gets her out of the back and gets in the back door, and she's able to lock it behind her. The house appears to be empty. And Barbara, again, everyone in this movie is It's like that's good and bad. Exactly. Everyone's doing the best they can. She goes and grabs a butcher knife out of the kitchen. And she slowly is making her way into the rooms. And they're dark, and you're sort of like, should you turn on the light? But if it's dark, then they can't see you either. So she, you know, you can see her trying to make those decisions. And outside... We see the living dead guy run into the telephone line connecting to the house, and he swats at it like he ran it ran into a big uh, cobweb. What did that kill you? I mean, like it, if you were like that's I don't think so. Oh, no, not telephone lines. That's it's the it's the line from the telephone line from the house. Oh, yeah, Just, yeah, it's yeah, like no, it's not fine. the electrical line. Right, 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 right. Okay, but I it. mean, yeah, I guess it, also if it was, he's already dead. So I don't think in this situation, I don't think it would kill him. Yes. Okay. Great. If only. Yeah, I wish he'd exploded, but. Um, unfortunately, he just rips the telephone line out of the house. So when Barbara goes to pick up the phone to call for help, the phone is now dead. Would you say that that was something he did intentionally or a happy accident? Happy accident. He literally blundered into it like he, like if you walked <laughs> into a cobweb in a barn yes. and he's like frantically like it's in his face. Okay. They're not sentient. They're sentient enough to use a rock because their they're not- goal is to get to a person that they know is there. Yeah. But they are not, like, making plans together. Yes. They're okay. not sabotaging the house or anything like that. But a good question, because some, you know, zombies have a different level of sentience. But they're a yes. little smarter because of the rock thing. So it's like— I mean, the rock was really shocking. Just then, she looks out the window, and Elsa, we see that night is falling. Oh, no. And we see the living dead guy turn around, and out of the darkness, we see two more living dead no. walking— towards the house. Do they make sounds ever? These are pretty silent. Like okay. occasionally you'll hear like, but it's really, <laughs> they're not talking and they're not, basically when they're distressed, they start to vocalize. Okay. But other than that, yeah, no, they're just shuffling around silently outside the house. All right. Barbara, of course, freaking out, runs up the stairs, trying to hide on the second floor. And the top of the stairs on the landing is the skinless head of a dead corpse with the flesh having already been eaten away. And it's wide eyes stare. Allison, I gotta ask you, picture yourself in this scenario, what would you do? 
would you do? I'll tell you what. I see a skinless head. I throw up right on it. Puke. Puking. I would have been throwing up this whole time, running while vomiting. Just projectile barfing against <laughs> the wall. <laughs> um, um, I mean, all right, there's no phone. You don't have a car. No, you have a knife. But we don't, she does not know, and we do not know if that's really going to do much against. Right. It doesn't seem yeah. like much. Like, And then you also have to be close enough to them to use a knife. Yeah. So that's a problem. Um, yes. I'm throwing myself off the roof. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't, unless there's a bunch of pills in the bathroom, which it yeah. doesn't seem like that kind of house. Um, I mean, it would now probably, but yeah, I, I think the roof makes a lot of sense. I'm definitely yeah. probably locking myself in a, in a room and just trying, just pissing and shitting myself and hoping that somehow this gets resolved without <laughs> me dealing with them. <laughs> Praying for resolution. You know, you know how like living dead people always it always gets resolved without your assistance. Yeah, you know what? Someone else could take care of that. I'm gonna go ahead and go to sleep for the next 28 days, and when I wake up, I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be totally fine. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Fortunately for Barbara Allison, she uh, bolts down the stairs in terror and runs out the front door. She's just not thinking. She's obviously, she wouldn't have done that in her right mind. No, no, no. That's like not what a thinking woman would do. Just as a motorist, Ben arrives, played by the incredible Dwayne Jones. And I would just say that Dwayne Jones is a black man and everyone else in this movie is white. And he's actually the first time an African-American actor was cast as a star and hero of a horror movie. Oh, wow. And it's one of the first times in American cinema where there was colorblind casting. So basically, this was not written to be a black actor. The script didn't call for one. And when sort of asked about it, George A. Romero said that Jones's race was not a factor in his casting. Romero cast him because Jones was the best actor we met to play Ben. And I will say that is the way it should be. And also, yes. he's excellent in this. He, you're absolutely like he is a several monologues where he has to like he he sells everyone. He's he's absolutely incredible in this. And so I don't know. I thought that was very interesting. Um, I love that because I think this is a movie that you don't. It doesn't necessitate someone being of a certain race, right? And um, and yet it also informs it. You know, as we see, as the, I think when, when we talk about the movie overall. Um, yeah, but I, 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 that was, I don't know. There's something about that, that again, like of all, of all the genres, really aren't fabulous. we all, can't we all find ourselves in a zombie apocalypse that have to work together? Yes. I, I don't think that that's limited just to something that white people have to experience. Right. Absolutely. Um, and also, excuse me, all of the zombies are white. So something to think about. I, yeah, I was going to ask, is anyone else in this movie not white? 
No, I believe everyone else is white. And to be fair, they're supposed to be in rural Pennsylvania. So maybe yeah, at the which, time like, it would have been a white area. So the zombies would be more white. Yeah. That's what I presume. That, you know, that tracks for me. Um, and if we're wrong, we're sorry. You know we're not smart. We don't know anything. Ben <laughs> grabs Barbara as she's running out and then hauls her back inside just as one of the living dead staggers up the porch, right? He locks the door and says, don't worry about them. There'll be a lot more of them when they find out that we're here. So now I'm like, okay, well, now we're afraid of that. Like, a bunch more yeah. of them are going to show up. Right. I'm like, they know we're here. Are they communicating? Yeah. Mm. Um, ben assumes that Barbara is the homeowner, but, but Barbara is so shell-shocked she can't even talk. So he's trying to talk to her about, like, what she has in the house, and she says, you know, I, I actually stole that truck. It's out of gas. Um but I see you have a gas pump near the barn, but it's locked. If you give me the key, I can. we can gas out that truck and we can get the fuck out of here. Of course, she doesn't have a key, but she's so stunned she can't even tell him that, you know? Yeah. So Ben, again, very resourcefully starts like, okay, what, what? let me go through this house. Picks up the phone, which is dead, and says, oh, you probably thought of that, didn't you? <clears throat> and finally asks her, do you live here? But Barbara just looks up the stairs, and when he climbs the stairs, he sees the skinless corpse. He's like, okay, some okay. bad happened here, so this lady can't talk to me about this, okay? Yeah. And it's like, all she did was see it. Yes, <laughs> We don't exactly. even know how we got here. Exactly. But he's starting to talk to her. He's like, okay, I'm going to check for food. When we get out of here, we can take some food with us, you know? And Barbara looks up, and there's blood running from the faceless corpse down from the second floor. So it was, like, recently defaced. Yes. So I think okay. we're going to think, like, pretty much right before she got here, okay. there was— um, Something had gone on with the homeowner. And finally, Barbara is able to speak, and she says, what is happening? But before (laughs) Ben can answer, we see the living dead, two of them, and they're just kicking the shit out of Ben's truck. They're just smashing the headlights. They're just attacking the car sort of mindlessly. Like, it doesn't look like there's a plan. It just sort of like the car is there, so they're kind of trying to eat it or tear it apart or something. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're not a gang with a plan, you know? No. But, you know, they're doing stuff and they're working together. Exactly. He says, okay, if there's only two of them, he's looking out there, he's like, if there's only two right now, I could take care of them. Allison, Ben goes outside with a, um, not a tire iron, but one of those, like, it's like a curved metal thing and you you undo the, um, the like, the hubcap with it. What do you call that? A oh, metal car implement. I, I know what it is, but I, I'll never know what it's called. And he goes up to the two of the living dead guys and just starts smashing their skulls in with this metal implement. All right. All right. Somebody's taking some action. Exactly. And the other one grabs at him, but Ben has the ultimate upper hand, Allison. He's alive. <laughs> so it means he can oh, actually yes. think and move yes. and, like, plan. Unfortunately, when he ran outside Allison, he made— what uh, A couple of fatal mistakes are made, and every fatal mistake is, of course, leaving the goddamn door open. Yeah, I People. I do feel like in general that's something that in movies it's just like just I know you're in a rush, I know you're frantic, I know there's kind of a lot going on. Just always double check if like doors are open or closed, if windows are open or closed, if you need to just like address that stuff. Absolutely. So Ben kills these two, but he does not see that a third living dead guy wanders inside. And Barbara's in the living room just like collapsed in a chair sobbing like what's happening? What's happening? And, of course, never leave the damn door open when the living dead are afoot. Luckily, Ben runs inside just in time when the living dead guy is about to attack Barbara and kills the other living dead guy by beating his head in, right? Okay. 
Allison, you're not going to believe this. Ben has left the damn door open again behind him. Oh, my God. Ben, the doors. And out the door, we see at least four or five more living dead staggering towards the house. So when he, like, bashes their heads in, what happens to them? They fall motionless, and it's not like they're dead. It's that they can't move anymore. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like, I think we're to think their bodies are still animate, but they can't walk. So you can kind of leave them there and know they're, they're going to be okay. Okay, okay, okay. So um, I guess they're still alive in whatever way they are alive, but they, sure. they're they no longer a threat. Ben's able to get the door closed as the new gang of living dead arrive, and he tells Barbara, they know we're in here now. Meanwhile, like, she's just standing over this dead body that Ben just beat to a pulp, and she sees its eyes are still moving around. Yeah, that's in the trailer. So again, it can't move because its brain is smashed in. Yeah. Very chilling. <laughs> But it's still sentient in some sense. So yes. Ben, very thoughtfully, takes the um, the living dead guy, takes it, throws it out in front of the porch, um, douses it in kerosene, takes out matches, sets it alight. And right. not only does this destroy the living dead guy, but it also, the fire scares the other ones yes. away. I would imagine that that is something that they're afraid of. I was like, you want Ben in a crisis? I think Ben is probably our number one final boy like he is yeah, like he's competent. coming to plan it's him and the woman from your next do you remember that it was like the home invasion they're all it's yes. a rich person's house yes and it turns out she yes, was yes, raised yes, in yes, a survivalist yes. so she's like cult. a survivalist from exactly. australia or something yeah you want them those are those are the people you want yes. and so ben turns to barbara barbara is still barely able to like talk or re- respond right and he's like, okay, if you wouldn't mind, turn on some lights in this house. We're going to go and we're going to start nailing, like, boards and whatever we can find over the windows and doors. Because if we're okay. stuck here, then we're going to barricade ourselves in. And I was like, okay, you got to have a plan, right? I mean, this is a pretty good plan. Yeah. Because I would imagine, like, that they'll eventually, if they can't get through something to the people, that yes. they'll, like, give up and move on. Well, Allison, you'd think so. But oh, <laughs> unfortunately, no. One-track um, minds. Yeah, once, once they know that there's fresh meat inside, they won't stop. And he gives Barbara, like, a big box of nails he finds. And he's going through all the drawers, like, finding tools and implements. Like, he's really thinking categorically about, like, what needs to be done. And Barbara's just standing there with a box of nails. And Ben starts to yell at her to snap her out of it. But he's like, he calms himself down. He's like, you know what? I know you're scared. I'm scared, too. But we got to okay. board up this house, Okay. That's a nice, like, we don't really hear that enough yes, in like, these movies. Like, acknowledging, like, this is terrifying, but, mm-hmm. like, let's work together. And I think a great example of, like, he is who you want in a crisis, not only because yes. he's very competent, but because he's also very calm yes. and trying to keep control of the situation, right? Because 100%. if we start arguing, then there's conflict and we all lose control. Yes. So, um, Barbara kind of wanders around, like, half-heartedly looking for wood and he, uh, Ben just starts nailing everything closed, right? He finds an old door, and he nails the old door uh, horizontal across the front door, which uh, Barbara helps him hold it up. So the front door, at least, is blocked off pretty okay. substantial. All right. The problem, of course, Allison, as you may have been thinking, is once the living dead are blocked out, you are blocked in. So it's like, how do you yeah. deal with that? Right? Yeah. But you could always jump from the second story if you yeah. had to, get on the roof, you know. Um, and he starts to talk to her about, like, as they go from um, room to room, boarding up all of the windows, he says, basically, he was at Beekman's Diner, which is down the road, and he, this truck was just on, and the radio was on, so he got into the truck just to listen to the radio, 
Um, and as he did, a gasoline truck slams into the gas station next to his diner. What? And shears the pump off. And as he watches, the gas truck is covered in 10 or 15 of the living dead. Oh, my God. And the truck slams through a guardrail. The gas is everywhere. And the truck catches on fire. Okay. And Ben says, I can still hear the driver screaming. And so Ben tries to run to the diner to call for help. Because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Of course. I mean, like, you see that. You're like, I... It can't, this isn't a, just a me problem. Like, exactly. I gotta, I gotta let somebody else know what's happening here. Allison, by the time he gets to the diner, there are 50 or 60 living dead swarming around the di- diner. Where are they coming from? And he says, at that point, the driver wasn't screaming anymore, so I said, fuck it. So he gets in the truck, he starts to drive, and he says, I just plowed right through them. They didn't move, they didn't run, or just stood there staring at me. Just wanted to crush them. And I was like, this is the audition monologue. Like, this yes, is yes, like, yes, this yes, is yes, it. Yes, this is yes, why I got yes, the job. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, meanwhile, the whole time he's telling us, he's dismantling the dining room table. Like, he's taking the legs off. He's breaking it down, like, seamlessly as he's telling this very harrowing story. It's a, it's a great scene. Finally, Barbara's able to then reply and say, like, she and her brother Johnny came to town to put a wreath on their father's grave. And she starts laughing. Because, again, she's still out of it. And she's like... Johnny asked me if I was afraid. I said, I'm not afraid. And the man started to come up the road. And Ben sort of sees her, starts to freak out. He's like, hey, you know what? Let's keep it calm. Let's just, hey, you know, we've both been through something. And she starts freaking out. And she says, oh, my, the the living dead guy murdered my brother. And I was like, can zombies technically murder? Well, I guess you're, it's like, I guess it depends on like what, how you define their alive versus deadness. Right? Yes. Because, like, yeah. If they just turn you into a zombie, like, you're not dead, but you're not alive anymore. Yeah, yeah, you you, you got me there, Allison. So, I don't know. Some new third thing that's terrible that I'm sure we'll have to deal with in the future somehow. (laughs) Yeah. Barbara tells Ben, because now she's kind of, like, becoming more and more hysterical. She says, we have to go out and find Johnny. My brother's out there alone. Ben's like, all right, well, I don't think we're going to do that. And she runs over and she grabs Ben and she screams, my brother is alone. And Ben says, your brother is dead. So Barbara tries to run through the back door, which isn't boarded up yet. And when Ben stops her, she slaps him across the face. And as was the fashion of the time, he slaps her right back and she faints. Yep. Which is honestly for the best. Like, I would rather just be out for this. Yeah, make me unconscious, but in like a humane way. Yeah, and he puts her on the couch to sleep, and as he's working, boarding up the windows, he's able to get the radio working. Uh, and luckily, there's still power in the house. Um, and the radio announcer says there, this is the latest of what we know. There's an epidemic of mass murder being committed by a virtual army of unidentified assassins. The murders are taking place in villages, cities, rural homes, and suburbs with no apparent pattern or reason for the slayings. There seems to be a sudden explosion of mass homicide. We have some descriptions of the assassins. Eyewitnesses say they are ordinary-looking people. Some say they appear to be in some kind of trance. Allison, as he boards out the window, Ben looks outside to see a small crowd of the living dead gathering. And I would add, I'm going to ask again, what would you do? Because to me, this is like, okay, so the first, okay, whatever. So, Allison, what would you do part two? Yeah. Well, again, I'm throwing myself off the roof. Yes. there's, no, there's, that, le- there's less of a path forward for me now than there yes. was the first go around. So maybe absolutely. this is it. We, get, we gave it a go. 
it's the end. You know, as a Catholic, you're taught not to die by suicide. But let me just say, if I was in the situation and that's how I went out and I had to stand before the throat of God, I'd say, this one's on you, bitch. Yes. This one's not on me. Okay. People say God didn't give you more than you could handle. That's simply not the case. I wouldn't be able to handle this. He listens to the radio some more. And we hear, of course, um, the mayors of Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Miami, along with governors of several eastern and midwestern states, have indicated that the National Guard will be mobilized, but it hasn't been yet. (sighs) So this is the entire eastern seaboard. Jesus. Allison. Moving into Pennsylvania. Which is very the happening, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that also happened on the Eastern Seaboard. Ben, meanwhile, is just like, he's taking a cloth and wrapping it around a table leg and making a torch out of it with kerosene. I mean, the survival skills and just like good cognitive reasoning that Ben has, I'm like, how does one even, like, when I'm confronted with no living dead— I'm still, yeah. like, just melting into a puddle of idiocy. Like, I'm just like, I don't know what to do anymore. Absolutely. I'm going to lie down. <laughs> yeah, I would be, I would have to eat more just so I could vomit yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? Like, I know, all, I'm like, I, I have to refuel because that's the only thing I know yeah. what to do. So, but he's trying to create another fire to, uh, to drive the horde away. And so he takes out an armchair, douses it, and sets it on fire to drive the living dead back into the tree line right. again because they're getting too close to the house. The radio says the president is meeting with top scientists and military experts about what to do, but there has been no official um, presidential declaration of how to respond. We see Barbara wake up as Ben takes an interior door off its hinges and uses that to board of the back door, right? Mm-hmm. And finally, Ben collapses to the couch and takes out a cigarette. He's exhausted, but he he's not going to uh, rest on his laurels, so he goes to the coat closet and he finds shoes for Barbara, which I thought oh, was very good. Sweet. And finally, he finds a rifle and a shoebox full of bullets. Okay, fine. So at least we have a gun. Yeah. Yeah. And Barbara is now awake, still catatonic, but is sitting on the couch. She says, the place is boarded up pretty solid. We have food. The radio works. And we're in better shape than most people. And on the radio, we hear them say, uh, do what, essentially do what Ben and Barbara are doing. Board yourself up. Stay home. Do not go out. Like, barricade yourself wherever you are. Like, if you're at work, stay at work, you know. Uh, just sort of try to if stay you're in line. Place. Stay in line, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he says to Barbara, "I don't know if you can really hear me right now, but I'm going to go upstairs, okay?" And when he does, we hear Barbara listening to the radio announcer um, say, "The victims of the assassins have been found partially devoured by their murderers." Oh, partially devoured. Oh, I prefer completely devoured. If we're being honest. Oh, absolutely. Uh, either way, I hate to hear it, but hard enough to be murdered. I hate to hear but it. But then to be devoured by your devoured murderer. Devoured by your murder. I mean, that is really rude. It is rude. It's terrifically rude. Upstairs, we see Ben drag the dead, faceless body from the second floor into a bedroom, sort of just to get it out of the way. Um, again, the radio we hear out of Cumberland, Maryland. Authorities say the killers are eating the flesh of the people they kill. And as Barbara listens, she sees a hand emerge from behind the cellar door. No hands. A white hand. So we know it's not Ben. And the door pulls back and she screams and Ben runs downstairs. It turns out there's just two fucking guys in the basement. Okay. The whole time? Harry and Tom. Yeah. And and they're like, don't shoot. We're from town. And they run over to the radio. Like, we have a radio? Turns out they were hiding down there. And Ben says, how long were you fucking down here? You heard us up here. Like, I could have used some help. 
And he's like, wait, you heard a woman screaming and you didn't come up to help? And Harry, the much angrier guy, says, oh, oh, okay. So we find a good space to hide and we're supposed to like risk our lives to help somebody else. And you know that his options are, one, he will die helping someone else or he will not die. He will not help someone else and it will lead to his death. Those are his only two options. Where it's like, yeah, bitch, sorry. It's all hands on deck during the zombie apocalypse, you know? Harry's saying everyone has to come downstairs and hide in the cellar. The cellar is the safest place. And I'm like, maybe if there's like a cellar door, like a second exit. Right, but, but he trapped under the ground with one if way it's out. One in, one, it's one way in, one way out. Like, I, I, that just never feels like the right place to be in these kinds of scenarios. Tom, who's like a younger guy, is trying to explain, like, he's like, Harry's really upset. His wife, Helen, and their daughter, Karen, are in the cellar, and Karen was injured. So I think Harry's just really amped up, and he wants everyone to go in the cellar. And Harry keeps insisting all of them, including Ben and Barbara, go into the cellar. And, you know, Ben's saying, look, there's just a handful of them. I could take care of them. Like, we have radio. We have food. We have, like, access to exits. And Harry says the issue is not a handful. The issue is what happens when 20, 30, over 100 of them swarm the house. Well, I mean, which, again, yeah, I'll happily already be dead because I threw myself off the roof. (laughs) And Ben says, well, if that's the case, it probably won't matter where we are. It's true. Like, it's like if 100 people live, right. like, then the door will give way under their weight. Like, then there's something we could literally do. And that's why I think, I'm like, at least if they're on the first floor, they can run up to the roof and try yeah. to, like, you know what I mean? I, the, the cellar seems— It's literally a, a grave. Yeah, I mean, it's your own grave. The one door breaks and 100 zombies eat your kid. Like, it seems like the worst way to end. go. And so Tom is persuaded by Ben pointing all this okay. out. And he's like, Ben is right. Yes, ben is right. And Ben says to Harry, I'm sorry, the cellar is a death trap. And Harry says, you can decide for yourself, but I'm going to go down there and board up the door and save my family. So Tom's in Ben's camp. So um, he is sort of, they're talking about it. It is a little less convincing when just then the living dead stick their arm through one of the windows that Ben was boarding up. (sighs) And so they have to run over and grab, Tom grabs a piece of wood and he starts hitting their hands and because they're dead, their fingers are cracking oh and falling God. off. But they're still reaching Ugh. with the with the arm. Yuck. And we see Ben take the shotgun and shoot the living dead in the chest, and it doesn't kill them. But finally, he shoots one in the head, and he drops. So okay. it's like, okay, if you shoot him in the head, we're good. Allison, they look out and see literally dozens no. of no. living dead no. approaching the house no. out of the darkness. And Harry says, I told you. And Ben says, then go to the cellar already. Like, we're going to stay up here, board yourself the fuck up. I'm not going to tell you not down there, you know, to go for it. And Harry says, I have a kid down there. You don't understand. And Ben says, I feel bad for your kid. Bad, her father's so stupid. <laughs> and they get into an argument. I'm like, that's so funny and mean. <laughs> and he says to Harry, you might be the boss down here, but up here, I'm the boss. So if you're up here, you can't act crazy. You have to listen to me. So here, Harry storms off to go downstairs. And Tom calls his, Jude, his girlfriend, Judy. So Judy was downstairs. And now Tom and Judy are joining Ben and Barbara upstairs. Harry is going back down with his wife, Helen, and their sick kid, Karen, right? And Harry, like, goes down and he slams the cellar door and he has, like, one board and he boards it up and he storms down there. And Karen's not, Karen's looking worse for wear. She's laying, laying on a makeshift cot. Yeah. He tells her there are two more people in the house and Helen says, yeah, we heard them screaming. Like, what oh are you talking God. about? Like, and you didn't do anything. They do not know what's wrong with Karen, Right? She has a fever, but she's really out of it. So they're like, is it shock? Like, what is what is happening? Right? 
And Harry tells Helen, well, the radio says no one knows what's going on and we should just stay here anyways. And Helen says, there's a fucking radio? Take the board off the door. We have to be listening to the radio. Like, what are you talking about? What if they tell us new information? Information could be out there. Yeah. And if this, that wasn't enough of an incentive, Tom calls through the door and says that Ben found a TV upstairs and they're going to bring the TV downstairs to the living room. And Helen says, please take the board off the door. At least as of right now, it seems like everything's okay. If we have to board up later, fine. It's not okay, but all right. Right. But right now, there's other people, and I want to watch the TV, you know. And just to take the edge off, even, but for the news. Yeah, I mean, just something to do. So Helen asks Judy to sit with Karen for a few minutes while she listens to the updates, and Judy obliges her. And Helen says, basically, could you please just let me know if, if she looks worse? She's all I have. So now we have Judy with the comatose Karen in the cellar, and everyone is upstairs plugging in the TV and figuring out how to get the news, right? Okay. And Tom tells Helen about Barbara. You know, her brother was killed by these things. And Helen takes out a cigarette, which looks absolutely fucking delicious. Like, everyone's yeah. smoking this movie. I'm like, God, I want a cigarette so bad. Yeah, like, in that, real, in that like, Ugh. 60s way where you're like, yes. that wasn't dangerous, you know? Like, it was just- Listen, at a time like that, I would have, like I said, I'm allergic to him now, so I'd have an asthma attack. And that's just the only way to make a zombie apocalypse worse, you know? Yes. Um, Harry comes in and he's ranting and raving about like, all oh, these windows have weak spots. They're not properly boarded up. But also he can't see out of them because they're so well boarded up. So he's complaining about both of them. And they're like, <laughs> Harry, shut the fuck up, right? Only one thing can be true. So they plug in the news and we get the best news report. The anchor says, A wave of murder which is sweeping the eastern third of the nation is being committed by creatures who feast upon the flesh of their victims. Imagine hearing that. Oh, I wouldn't care to like, I wouldn't like that at all, Allison. I wouldn't no. want to know that. Wouldn't want to hear that. Um, and just then, while he's on air, the anger gets handed a new report from the government. Basically, you find out that it's people who have recently died who have been returning to life and committing okay. acts of murder. So you were right. Okay. They are the unburied dead. So they're saying they're coming alive in morgues, hospitals, anywhere where there's <sighs> recent uh, unburied dead. And See, this is a little bit of why I would yes. go cremation, where it's just like no chance. Right. I mean, a, a tip of the hat, you know, to the living, just just on the odd chance this happens, you know, and it would be yeah. an odd chance. It, yeah, very odd. Um, based on the report, the anchor says the new emergency course of action is not to hunker down at home, but is to make your way to the emergency safety locations, which will be manned by armed National Guardsmen. And then they just start uh, running a list on the screen continuously. So this is like the local affiliate. Okay. So they're running it for Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. So it's like school closing. And Ben says, well, fuck, if we can get the lock off the gas pump at the barn, we could drive to one of the rescue stations. And we even see that there is a town called Willard that's 17 miles away that has a rescue station. So like if we could get to that okay. station, we at least, we're, we're, we're in better shape, right? Okay. Meanwhile, on TV, the anchor says the president stills emergency meetings. We have to ask, why are space experts now being called to the White House to consult on this matter? I mean, I would bring in who, who, everyone, whoever we have, whoever we have from anything. What do we like? Is this from space? Is this from the ocean? Is this a virus? Yeah. Is this from television? Right? Like exactly. I don't know. Like I would, I'd get one of everybody in there. So it turns out that the anchor says that this is causing uh, speculation that this is linked to a recent Explorer satellite that was shot to Venus and was sort of slingshotting back to Earth, but it Mm. never arrived. Uh And the reason it never arrived is that NASA destroyed it when it was coming close to the planet because it was found to be carrying a high-powered radiation. And they're like, it's too dangerous to let it into Earth. 
So the anchor says, is that radiation connected to the phenomenon? Now, Allison, does that make one lick of sense to you? I don't know. Me either. No? But I hear it, yes. I'm like, that makes sense. That's what caused that it. That makes sense. I'm like, oh, yes, of course, space radiation is why all of these recently dead people are now kind of undead and eating people. Like, yeah, sure, why not? I don't have a better answer. I'm not a scientist. No. Um, and we see reporters mobbing, like, clearly a general and two scientists walking out of the White House. And it's like, they wouldn't let them talk to reporters. No. But one of the scientists is like, it was enough radiation to cause the mutation we're seeing. And then one of them goes later and they jump in a car. And I loved that saying later as they like, what? <laughs> like there was a apocalypse happening. Wait, like they like like later. later. Like like yes. Like as a sign-off, not like as I'm imagining like later. Well, I mean, they may have been saying later, like, hey, we'll talk later, but the way they said it, the inflection was later. That's so funny. I didn't think that that was something anybody said in the 60s. Well, maybe that's when it originated. Because it was, yeah. it did kind of have like a young, like, you know, like, yeah, like bitchy a hip, energy. Yeah. yeah, hippie energy. Um, Finally, they're looking and we see Willard come up again. And they're like, okay, the Willard has a rescue station. And Helen says, if they have medical supplies, we have to help Karen. Because that's the other part of this is like, our kid is sick. We can't just yes. let her die in the fucking cellar. You know what I mean? Like, we have to figure this out, right? Yes. And on TV, they basically say, like, if you are sick or unwell, please try to come here. There's no, like, you cannot go to a hospital. You cannot go to a doctor. Like, please just come to the rescue stations for anything. Everything wow. is going to be located there. Just then a Dr. Grimes uh, comes on the station, who's like a expert in this, and says, Sure. If you can kill the creatures, then set them on fire and burn them to destroy the body. It's like, okay, great. Okay. So good to know. Got it. Something. Ben, again, he is our leader. He leaps into action. He starts mobilizing. And even Harry's trying to be helpful. It says, you know what? You said you need a, a key for the pump. There's a ring of keys downstairs. Tom runs down there. Allison, it has the key to the gas pump. Oh, my God. I know. Ben's plan is he and Tom are going to take the truck and drive to the gas pump, unlock it, refill the truck, come back. And it's not too far. It's just that there are zombies outside. Right, 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 right. Harry right. is, we're going to, they're going to, Judy's going to make, uh, help Harry make um, Molotov cocktails out of kerosene and rags that he'll that Harry will light and throw out the window to create like a line of fire that um, will drive the zombies back away from the truck. So I'm like, this is actually a great plan, right? Wow. Yeah. This is so thought out and like makes sense with the information we have. Exactly. So, and Ben just says, listen, we have to run out the back door. Harry, do not nail it shut. We will not be gone long. I'm just telling you. And Harry's like, okay, I won't. Oh, boy. And we Harry. see Judy's talking to Tom, and, and she's like, why do you have to go? Tom's like, well, we're, we're, don't, we don't have a lot of, it's all hands on deck, you know? Yeah, right. There's not a whole pool of people to choose from. Yeah, and Judy says, my folks are going to be so worried. And he's, you know, we'll call them to the Willard station. Honestly, they might even be there. It's like, no, they probably got eaten by no, zombies. They're probably bud. dead. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know. I think we should stay here. And he's like, Judy, remember when we had the big flood, and it took you forever to be convinced to leave? And then it turns out there was a big flood. We got to go. We got to go, girl. Okay. You know? Okay. And she says, I know. I just don't want you to go outside. He's like, I will be right back. As soon as they kiss, you know Tom is dead as dog shit. There's no yeah. way this motherfucker's coming back. And so uh, the, all the women except for – all the women are going to go in the cellar with Karen. Harry will be upstairs lobbing cocktails. And then Ben and Tom will run out to the truck and go to the gas station. And so the back door is currently boarded up, so they have to pull the boards off. And right before they open the door, Ben tells Tom, good luck. Allison, with this perfect break into Act 3, I got to ask you, who will survive? 
will survive. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Ben is our only real living person left at the end. Okay. I want to say that Karen makes it, but I feel like everybody kind of like, doesn't. Well, you, uh, you're you picking up what the movie's putting down here, Allison. Okay. <laughs> Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. So uh, Ben yells upstairs, Harry, throw it. Harry starts lighting and throwing the Molotov cocktails. This part works great. The living dead hate this. They're driven back. Some of them they would hate it. Some of them catch on fire as they get too close to the kerosene, like spatters on them. So then there's like burning zombies, like wandering into the trees. <laughs> and he, are they running or are they still walking? They're still walking, but they're a little more distressed. So they're not like sprinting <laughs> or anything, right? And so um, he runs downstairs. Ben and Tom run out to the truck. Okay, they make it to the truck. Tom's able to start it. Allison, Judy cannot stand the idea of Tom being out there alone. Judy runs out after them, and Harry slams the door behind her. And Tom looks up with horror, but then Ben says, if you're coming, you're coming, and throws her in the yeah. truck, too. Okay, yeah, that's the way to go. Like, we got to just move forward. Exactly. We can't so, argue about stuff. Yeah, so Tom and Judy are in the um, the front of the truck, and then Ben gets in the back because he's made a torch out of a table leg, and he's fending off the zombies who are following them slowly, but they're still following them, right? And Harry is watching this through a crack in the boarded-up windows, and he is wigging out. Like, he's just like, ah, which I would, too, you know, just freaking out. Finally, they get to the barn. The gas pump is locked. Allison, the key will not work in the pump. Oh, my God. So Ben just makes a game decision, shoots the lock off, and it works. Because, of course, I'm like, Thank oh, my God, God you're going to shoot the gas pump. is going to explode, right? No, but it's just the lock. Okay, it works. Allison, unfortunately, when Tom takes the nozzle off the pump, it's he as he goes to put it in, it sort of sprays gasoline on the side of the truck, and it sprays onto the lit torch um, that uh, Ben had. And the side of the truck catches on fire. Ben screams, get away from the pump, because now, like, there's a literally a line of fire from the pump to the truck. So he's concerned the pump's going to explode. Of course. Right. And so he's trying to use a blanket that was in the truck to put out the grass, so at least the pump won't explode. But as uh, Tom and Judy back up the truck, the truck is still on fire. And Tom, a little distance away, Tom slams on the brakes and says, we have to get out of the truck. And he gets out. Allison, when Judy goes to leave, she says to Tom... My jacket's stuck. And Tom turns back to help her, and the truck explodes, killing both of them. This could not have gone worse. This This really really, could not have gone worse. It was such a good plan, and they were doing so much right, and then it just all fell apart on them in a way that it's like, look, you're doing your best. Exactly, and this is exactly what would happen. It's like everyone can have their ducks in a row, and then one thing, it's a cascading effect. Right, and then it's all over, and yeah. you're just scrambling. And, of course, Harry's watching the window like, I knew it! We should have stayed in the cellar! I knew it! You know? 
Um, and so Ben is now near the barn, and between him and the house are about 30 zombies. Um, which, oh, by the way, they never use the word zombie. They use ghouls, but they haven't introduced the term ghouls yet in the movie. But I love oh. when they bring up ghouls because it's like, I mean, we all love when they bring up ghouls. And so now he has to fend them off with a torch and a rifle. And he's basically fighting 30 zombies. And he's able to get back to the house and he calls for Harry. Uh, shocking. Let me in. Oh, no. And of course, Harry's standing in the cellar door, not helping, not opening the door. And Ben's able to basically break the door open. What? But at least Harry does the right thing and it runs back and helps him uh, put the door, the spare door up to nail it back over the door. Okay. So, and But then as soon Something. as they're done, Ben turns and just fucking punches Harry in his fucking face. Good. And he's kicking Deserved. his ass and he screams at him, I should drag you out there and fucking feed you those things. And finally he relents and outside we see the zombies tearing apart Judy and Tom's dead bodies, fighting over their intestines like dogs. And it's really effective because they're all, like, under the shadow of a tree. So it's sort of the shadows yeah. moving over their faces when they're eating, like, a, a rib bone, you know? Yeah. There's, like, a scene in the trailer that I watched where it's, like, someone just gnawing on a bone, yeah. kind of, like, half shrouded in darkness. And I was like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> ben, of course, collapses into a chair. And Helen comes up to sit with. So we have Harry, Barbara, and Ben upstairs because at 3 a.m. there's going to be another update from the news. Okay. And he's so Ben's still making plans. So he's like, okay, do you know this area? And she says, well, we were just driving through. We we're trying to find a motel before dark. And when we, by the time we got to the, the zombies, they overturned our car. And Ben's thinking, okay, well, how far away was that? I, if we worked together, I bet we could turn it back over. And I would be at the point where it's like, I'm going to kill myself. And then you could throw my body to distract them while everyone else runs away. I, if you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Use me. I cannot. Of all the things I know I can't do, it's help turn a car back over. There is no oh, well, way. No. We would be, I, we Not would a be chance. more helpful as a buffet. Yes. And finally, Ben <laughs> thinks to ask, how did your kid get sick? Allison, they tell him one of those things grabbed her and bit around the arm. And Harry says, she's too sick to move. And Ben says, okay, then I'm going to try to go alone. And they're like, you can't turn a car over alone. And Barbara, who again has been silent this whole time, says, you know, if you could, if you could our car, but Johnny has the keys. And Ben realizes, oh, you have a car. Where is it? And it's not too far away, but again, like the key problem. Yeah, because she, yeah, walked over there. Exactly. So. so he's trying to like be like, okay, how could maybe we get that car, like hotwire it? Ben is not giving up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you need someone like Ben in yeah. the mix if you're in this scenario. Exactly. Again, we are not Ben. We could not do Could this. never be Ben. But we really admire him. Thank you, Ben. Allison, the news comes on. Apparently, the mysterious radiation is actually increasing on Earth. Great. So they say whoever dies during this crisis must be killed and cremated, or they will also be resurrected. And finally, okay. they refer to the living dead as ghouls. And I love thinking of them as ghouls. I mean, they're ghouls. And we see some very, what is, uh, I think, it's 1968, right? And so I think now we know enough to be, this is, you see basically a battalion of white men with guns being dispatched by a police chief. And it is a very, it, it, it strikes a chord that I think now we we are more aware of how terrifying that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also, uh, Romero, you know, he's, he's a political filmmaker. Like, we're we're setting up an element of the authorities are going to come in and try to, fix things. You remember what happened when the authorities showed up in the crazies? You know, this is obviously yeah, ahead of that. Not, but Not the best. Yeah. 
So we see the uh, police chief on the news. He says, you have to shoot the ghouls in the head. Or if you don't have a gun, you could beat their skulls in. So one-on-one, you can kill a ghoul. And they can't move as fast and they're not as smart. So one-on-one, a human could take out a ghoul. It's when they show yeah. up in, in a throng. It's the numbers. And the reporter says to his police chief, do you think you could wrap this up in 24 hours? <laughs> yeah, Chief's no like, problem. I don't know, but we're making our way towards Willard, and we've killed 19 of them since yesterday. So he's actually in their area of making their way towards Willard, okay. towards this rescue station, right? Allison, the lights suddenly go out. And Harry is terrified. And basically said to Helen, I need to get that rifle away from Ben. We need to barricade ourselves in the cellar with that rifle. Allison, there's no time for that because the ghouls have decided en masse to attack the house. I don't know how that decision was made, but they're all attacking the house. Well, some kind of group think. And one of them grabs like the table leg torch that um, Ben dropped outside and yeah. starts smashing through the windows, much like the rock. Like we have that, the smash gene, I guess. Yeah, you just don't want to give them any implements. Exactly. So Ben and Helen run to barricade the windows, and instead of helping his wife, Harry grabs the gun and tries to force her into the cellar. Ben lunges for the gun and grabs it from Harry. They struggle, and Ben shoots Harry in the torso as the ghouls break through the door and try to and start grabbing Helen. And we just see Barbara's on the couch covering her face as Harry kind of falls into the cellar door into the basement. And he he lands at the, at the bottom of the stairs and he's still alive. Though as he looks up, he sees Karen's bed. Her cot is now empty. And Allison, Karen is now a tiny little ghoul. Oh, little ghoul. Staggering towards her father. Yeah, well. And finally upstairs, Barbara leaps, comes out of her catatonic state, leaps up to barricade the front door and get Helen out of the ghoul's grasp. So she's able to pull Helen away. Helen runs downstairs to help Karen and her husband to find Karen eating her dad. And when you, you hate to see that, you hate to see it. When Helen falls on the floor in horror, Karen grabs a huge spade off the wall and starts stabbing her mother over and over again. She seems like too good with tools. Yes, I agree. This was a little off game to me, but it's still yes. great. And Helen screams and screams as her blood spatters against the wall. Upstairs, Ben rushes back in and he and Barbara try to hold the door, but it's too late. So a ghoul reaches in and grabs Barbara. Allison, it's her brother, Johnny. Oh, because he had a recent... Yeah. And he drags her away into the mob, and we don't see it, but we know that she is torn limb from limb. She is eaten up. And Ben then backs away towards the cellar and runs into little zombie Karen, who he picks up and just throws across the room. I mean, correct. Yeah. So Ben runs into the basement. Finally, he's barricading himself in. The thing he did not want to do, he is now trapped in the cellar. And he boards up the door, and he's finally ready to prove Harry right or wrong, depending. And we see dozens of ghouls are just trying to, like, put their weight against the door, but the door holds. Of course, when he gets to the bottom of the stairs, we see Harry's eyes open. So Ben has to shoot him in the head. Yeah. Well. And he does the same when Helen's eyes open. Finally, we hear the throng sort of groaning and vocalizing and pounding on the door. Until eventually, Allison, they lose interest in water out of the house. And we see dawn break, and in the morning, the ghouls are gone. And we see a police helicopter flying over a long line of white men with rifles who are sweeping a field, and then just shooting ghouls as they come out of the tree line towards them. Wow. So this is the police battalion that was making its way towards Willard. It's the same police chief. And they also have police dogs, and they're looking for survivors. So they're going house to house. 
And the police explains they'll be in Willard about four more hours. It looks like authorities are finally getting things under control. Allison, Ben wakes up in the basement to the sounds of police dogs barking. And we see some ghouls are again wandering out into the grass. They're immediately gunned down by the police. Yes. The chief and his men find the burned out truck. They find Judy and Tom's scant remains. And Ben starts slowly taking the boards off the cellar door as he hears the, the dogs barking. And the chief instructs his men to build a bonfire for all the corpses, you know, with the government advised them to do. And we see Ben peering out the window, and the cop just sees a figure standing behind the window. And the chief says to one of his officers, shoot it between the eyes. And they shoot Ben dead without ever knowing he wasn't a ghoul. And over the credits, we see sort of what look like sort of police photos oh. of Ben's dead body being dragged to the bonfire and set on fire with all the other no. ghouls. Oh, my God. I hate this ending. And that's why I say, like, like whether or not, like, Romero would be like, oh, it was colorblind casting, which I'm sure it was. But it's like, this is also the comment he's making, where it's like— I mean, correct. The dehumanization by the authorities, especially during a crisis, you know, like— And what makes this such an incredible piece of genre filmmaking is that it works whether or not the audience is consciously aware that that's being said or, or that connection yeah, is being made. Sure. And also, it works as a film regardless. Like, it's, it's an yes. incredible movie— and we end on the bonfire of all the oh bodies God. burning as we fade to black. Ugh. The Night of the Living Dead. Wow. I like, I always thought, I, I knew it was a popular movie, but I thought it was more kind of in the genre of the evil dead or yeah. like a, like more of, a, not a B movie, but like. Yeah, just sort of like thrilling in a campier way. Yeah, yeah, a little campier. And like, this is chilling. Yeah. And excellent. Absolutely. Allison, what are some fatal mistakes you think people may have made in the movie Night of the Living Dead? Fatal mistakes. Oh, boy. I mean, everything Ben did was right. Like, there's nothing else that that he could have done. I think there were, like, the the insistence on being in, was it Harry who was insisting that they were in? Yeah, Harry's the one who wanted them all to go in the cellar. All in the, yeah, it's like being in the cellar, terrible. Like, I think Barbara did the best she could while in total shock. So, you know, it's like, I don't know. Did she make any good moves? Not really. But once Ben was in charge, she kind of rolled with it. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you could do in this scenario. This is, I mean, the fatal mistake is uh, as law enforcement just gunning people down after this kind of crisis. Like, rather than talking to them. Right. Um, Like, assessing a situation. Yeah. So, I would say that was the main issue. Yeah. Um. And then beyond that, yeah, everyone really did the best they could. Obviously, Harry had the fatal flaw, but he wasn't yeah. wrong in the end. Yeah. And he was helping at to- like, yes. sure, he did a few things, but he was also, like, kind of going with the flow when when yeah. Ben was, like, we got to do this, like, boarding the door back up and, like, all those things. Which so, I think I don't makes know. it more interesting. Yeah, like, it's a very human movie of, like, yeah. what, people's different reaction to this and, like, turning on each other. I love that shit. Oh, it's so good. And then finally, where would you put um, Night of the Living Dead on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I think I want to give it a six and a half. Okay, great. Um, I'm gonna give what it. About you? I'm gonna give it a seven, and I think it's yeah. mostly for that ending when Ben got that gets killed. The I'm like, no, what, Ben. And the ending has such a like. There is no escape. Like, yes. Even if you do everything right. Yeah. This ends poorly, and and you are at the mercy of another entity, right? Forces which outside in this case is the police, exactly, and the country. But like you know, earlier in the movie, it's it's undead people who have radiation. Like it's, yeah, 
there's really it's it's yeah the relent the relentlessness of it is is very real from this. Yeah. So I I think yeah six and a half or is it you know what I'll give it a seven too. Let's give it a seven yeah. together. And I think obviously we're we're both white ladies. Um, yes. For the most part, and I, I it reminds me of. Um, uh, apparently, in one of the versions, and I think Jordan Peele w- wrote like a dozen versions of Get Out. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, is that the police um, do kill Daniel Kaluuya's uh, character, whose name oh. is escaping me? But then, of course, in the actual yeah. version, Rel Howery shows up, and it's not the cops. And there is yes. watching this where it's like, yeah, the legacy of like black heroes in horror. This being yes. the first one. You know, yep. I understand being like, you know what? I'd like to revisit this in a different way and not yeah. have it be like the most bleak right ending. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed that. I know I yes. did. Um, yes. And keep it. We'll, we'll keep it coming as we try attempt to scare Allison to death. We haven't succeeded yet, but I feel like it's coming. I feel like we can do I it. I feel like we've been kind of rolling into it. Yes, you know, there's absolutely. there's definitely. I know there's stuff coming that I'm not excited about. So I feel like we're we're doing good, and uh, it's a very spooky month. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for listening, you guys. Uh, we love you very yes. much. And until then, um, from us gals in the void to you gals in the void. And Gal being, of course, gender neutral in our in this usage. Um, please, please do your best to keep it spooky. Don't forget to follow us at Ruin Podcast and Crooked Media for show updates. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a review. Ruined is a Radio Point and Crooked Media production. We're your writers and hosts, Hallie Kiefer and Allison Leiby. The show is executive produced by Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, and recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. From Crooked Media, our executive producer is Kendra James, with production and promotional support from Ari Schwartz, Kyle Sieglin, Julia Beach, Caroline Dunphy, and Awa Okalati. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.